Welcome to Stoner Chicks Podcast, the podcast for stoners by stoner chicks. I'm Kayla Teal. I'm Stephanie Thompson. I'm Grace Penzel. And I'm Phoebe Richards, reporting live. From where? Oh, reporting live from Seattle, Washington, Georgetown neighborhood to be exact. Location unknown. No one docks Phoebe. This is not the time for that. <laughs> no. We have important things to discuss. Yeah, like going to state fairs. Anyone going to the fair? I just went to the fair, the North Central Washington Fair, in a little town called Waterville, Washington. And that's how you say it out there. Don't get really? it wrong. Waterville? Um, wa- well, it is Waterville, but I also say Washington. As an as an affect, or like as a as the history of of the, the way you say that word. There, my grandma said Washington, but not oh. the grandma that lives in Waterville. So, <laughs> but it's like regional accent. It's a, it's a regional accent. Uh, it's like Crick, you know, Creek. It's Washington, Washington, Washington. Um, but my favorite thing there are called. Um, I'm sorry, Kayla, you can't have one. It's called a crusty pup. It's like a it's like a deluxe corn dog. What? Oh my god, it's so what good. What makes it deluxe? They're bigger and <laughs> they're made with like Polish sausages. <laughs> and Ooh. I don't know what it is about the like the cornmeal mix that they make around it, but it's just There's delicious. flecks of gold in it. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And I had an elephant ear and I had I mean I had you know, like a strawberry lemonade. I love lemonade. elephant ears with like yep. some jam. Mm. Mm-hmm. I like the fair scones yeah. with jam. They, I think that might be a Washington thing because I didn't have fair scones in for the New Mexico State Fair when I was growing up. Yeah, I always thought that Kayla... was a Puyallup Fair thing, which is now the Washington oh. State Fair thing. I But that is, I've always lived here. So I just, I don't know that yeah. I'm right. But yeah, I always assumed those biscuits were our fancy specialty here. I've never had one. I heard that Macklemore is performing at this year's Puyallup (gasps) Fair. Ooh, he's gone to fair, the fair level of performing. It's going to be his first. I mean, mean, I'm sure he loves this specific fair, but he, uh, it's his first performance post-pandemic. Do we trust fair rides? Are are y'all into rides? Um, here's, uh, used to be, but then I had a very traumatic adult, this is only like a couple years ago, experience on the zipper. I don't know if you've ever been on the zipper. Oh yeah, my town's fair had the zipper. I never went on that. I love the zipper because I don't like going, I don't know how to explain this, I I, I like going upside down. I can't go around and around. Sure. That that makes me sick. Same. But I like to do somersaults. But somersaults are okay, and that's what the zipper does. But this one I was on in the Bremerton, like, strip mall parking lot. Uh-oh. Uh, frick. That guy, like, it was just me and my partner at the time. And he, like, we were the only ones in there. And he, like, was flipping us. And I could see the pin that was the only thing holding <gasps> the door shut. Just, like, rattling. And I'm just like, you know what? Nope. 
I think I'm done. I think I'm done with the fair the fair ride experience. <sighs> I'm done. Yeah, time to retire, I guess, at some point. <laughs> from fair rides. I feel like I'm retired from fair rides as well. Yeah. My favorite always, because I'm generally afraid of heights, but I really like um, swinging, just the act of like being on a swing. And I really like those ones that are like either a Viking ship or a pirate ship or something. And if you get in the very uh, bow or stern or whatever, the very end of the ship, that, dr- that drop just that little drop. That's enough for me. I don't need a whole roller coaster. I just like swinging back and forth on a big fake boat. <laughs> yeah, growing I up, I loved rides and I used to love the zipper and I liked scaring myself. I also would get motion sickness on some of the just going around and around ones. So pretty much same answer as Stephanie. And I hit a point in my early 30s where I was on one with a kid and <laughs> we were on the zipper and he was maybe 10, and he was having a great time, but scared. And there was just that moment, you know, where it was the creaking sound, and you're looking at the rusty metal, and I just thought, this doesn't feel safe, and I have a child with me. And it was kind of a moment where I was like, I think I will never. I don't believe in God, but almost to like, we'll get through this, and then I'm just never going to ride a zipper again. It was sort of the deal I made with the Fair universe enough. in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> I have a weird question for you guys. Uh, Stephanie, what's your weird question? Uh, So Phoebe and I were talking yesterday. We went out and had lunch. And I just casually mentioned that I had a separate stash from my partner of weed. And she was like, oh, you have a separate stash? I was like, yeah, because I smoke way more than than he does. Mm -hmm. And so it would be unfair to, like, have Mm. a communal stash and so I was like kind of wondering how you guys share your weed with your partner or potential partner, how you would do that or would be separate or would you have your own, like, a, like your own stash box that was shared? How would you do it? Well, Back Ben in- and I are married. Not that that, giving context to the listeners, yeah. been together for many <laughs> years, both smoke a lot of weed. Probably Ben used to smoke more than me, but I'd say since pandemic, I know match we we both smoke a lot and so yeah we just it's just part of our monthly budget we buy it together have a shared jar and we split the cost wow that's awesome right now zach doesn't smoke much and he has a pen so when he does he usually just smokes Mm. the pen so i kind of have my own stash now because i'm smoking more than i ever have and but in, back in the day when I was smoke, maybe smoking less and he was smoking more, we would just kind of trade off who bought the weed. And then if I like packed a bowl for myself, I would just always offer him some. And that was yeah. kind of the opposite, too. Absolutely. I feel like these days, because Jeff and I will have traveled to see each other, because uh, we're doing long distance Seattle Santa Fe, uh, he'll always have his pen. So if we're out and about doing stuff, then I'll be like, "Hey, can I hit your pen?" But if we're at my house, especially since like I have a medical card here, and so he can't just anyway. Usually, I'm smoking him out in terms of flour while he's here. And then in Seattle, it's a little more loosey goosey. I usually go crazy and buy like a box of mixed saints joints so we end up just like smoking a bunch of joints Mm. 
Sounds delish. Sounds delicious. <laughs> Stephanie, that was a great question. And I Thank was wondering, <laughs> do you have some maybe great things to tell us about? Well, I have <laughs> a new segment I'd like to bring about. And instead of my typical musical intro, oh. I would like to take a pa- uh, uh, take a page of Steve Irwin because this is going to be a nature animal segment. And um, I don't know if Shari can include this, uh, but put some like high animal sounds at the end of my little sound bite that I'm about to do. Or just animal sounds. I don't know if there are high animal sounds. That you want, but anyway. yeah, I was going to search <laughs> high animal sounds. <laughs> this but, bear uh, is stoned. This is... <laughs> <laughs> Crikey, this bear is stoned. <laughs> oh my God, Grace, you're very close to what I'm about to call this segment. Crikey, those animals are fucking high! <laughs> Well, here we are talking about animals that get fucking high. This is a good idea. Yeah, uh, this is good. a great idea. You're saying there's other animals that get stoned, Stephanie? Oh, my gosh. Yes, Phoebe. One of the more common examples, if you have a cat at home, like I know three out of the four of us do, um, catnip is actually a drug for cats. And so... That it's something I didn't know, but doing my research, um, catnip not only works for domesticated cats, but also for big cats like lions and tigers. They also have the similar effects on catnip as domesticated cats. I thought that was wildly interesting. I would <laughs> die happy if I saw a tiger like rolling in catnip and getting high. Oh. I wonder how I much bet- catnip it takes for a tiger to get oh. high. Big a Big dose. <laughs> dose. A bale of catnip. Rawr. Tigers are my most favorite animal. Mine is the snow leopard. Uh, so I that was kind of the intro to animals getting high that I thought was really kind of fun. And there are actually way more examples than I really thought previously. But starting my research, there's a lot. Mm-hmm. And most of my research comes from the source of out of the National Geographic from an article called, No, Coyotes Don't Get High, But These Animals Do, <laughs> <laughs> by Carrie Arnold. Uh, I don't know what that's in reference to. I Actually, I did kind of read the article. There is a reference to, I guess, people were assuming coyotes getting high off, like, huffing gasoline off cars or something. I don't really get it, what? but that was debunked mm. or whatever. Anyway, oh that's what the article is in relation to, but I am not bringing up coyotes in this. No coyotes all. will be brought up in this. No coyotes. No coyotes allowed. So the first one we're going to talk about is the reindeer or caribou, which is pretty much the same thing. Reindeer is what... They have in like Norway and caribou is what they have in like Alaska, but it's essentially the same species. Oh, oh wow. There's a really popular hallucinogenic mushroom called um, Amanita muscaria that grows oh. all over in the Arctic places where the caribou and the reindeer live. Same and, ore. Or same ore. And they just love these mushrooms and they go ape shit for it. They eat it all the time it has very little nutritional value but it makes them kind of run around aimlessly <laughs> they make strange noises their oh. heads start twitching and they've been observed to eat these mushrooms 
a lot. So this is like a very common. <laughs> so thing they like it. Happened. They really like those hallucinogenic oh. mushrooms. I want to hear like, those noises. I know, right? So if we can find a reindeer doing, well, I'm gonna guess it's gonna sound kind of like. Uh, I think you're right. That sounds right. Uh, sorry, can I just show what they look like? I thought I remembered that they were Ooh, yes. pretty. Those are pretty mushrooms. They're like the red ones with the white stalks. Then it has little white dots all over oh. the caps. Toad was inspired by that very mushroom. Oh, little Toad from Mario World? Yeah. Is that your playable character no i'm peach but i like toad he's nice (laughs) no they're the quintessential cute little mushroom that you imagine in like a fairy cartoon or Mm -hmm. something so Um, you're telling me that santa's reindeer were just high all the time oh my gosh kayla there's even people who think that the whole myth of reindeer flying is be from reindeer eating these mushrooms Holy shit. Oh. So you were not far off at all. They're flying high. They're flying yeah. high, and that's what gets them Santa's sleigh up in the sky. They got to eat those magic mushies. Here we go. Well, moving on. I got another one for you. We're going to go to the sea. Oh. And this is the rough-toothed dolphin. And I'm going to be Cute. honest here. In the article, the author did state this was only observed by a researcher one time, so you really have to give that kind of a grain of a grain of salt. Um, but a herd, herd, excuse me, oh my god, a pod of dolphins was observed. The best way I can describe it is like taking puffs off a puffer fish. <gasps> um, and this puffer fish is filled with a tetrodoc. Tetrodox, tet- oh my god, my friend Ross is gonna kill me. <laughs> um, a tetrodotoxin, which is like it can kill people, um, but they just take little puffs off it, and it apparently is getting what the researcher thinks she hypothesizes is that they're getting high. Dolphins gotta have a way they get high. There's no way they're doing all the other shit dolphins are doing and haven't figured out a way to have some euphoria. No, they're smarter than us. They, of course, know where those dopamine boosts are. Fuck yeah. Absolutely. Those, those snaggletooth dolphins, what are they called? Oh, rough. <laughs> rough tooth dolphins. But I like snaggletooth so much better. Um, I think we have time for maybe one more, and I brought four. So lemurs. Do you guys know what lemurs are? Yes. Yeah, like uh, Zabumafu. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, wait, what? I had not thought of... Oh, sorry, I'm, like, screaming into my microphone. I had not thought of Zabumafu in so long. <laughs> you know, it's creepy when you say it like that. Zabumafu was a lemur puppet that existed in the world of these science guys, and then you would learn things when you were a kid, right? Yeah, yes. the Krat Brothers. Yeah. They still have a show, Crap? actually. Crap. <laughs> no. <laughs> the Krat Brothers. K-R-A-T-T. Oh, oh great. Well, <laughs> Grace, I think. these lemurs like to chew softly on the backs of poisonous millipedes no. to ingest their narcotic toxins 
and rub them on their fur mm. as an insecticide. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That doesn't make me uncomfortable. Oh, it doesn't? Well, you're I mean, I'm very pro-drugs. Well, I know you're pro-drugs, but you're kind of like spiders and stuff kind of creep you out. I didn't know if like chewing on a bug would, would that be over your line or not. Did us getting horny from it? Yeah, you getting horny from it's a little weird. <laughs> I feel like I'm about to read a story about Clippy and a lemur getting it on. <laughs> no, this I don't think this stop make you... you guys. Stop! It's too much. I can't handle it. <laughs> I don't think it makes them horny. What the scientists say is that, or the people who observe this, is that it puts them in the trance-like state. So they're just kind of, you know, out there. Is it lemurs or is it meerkats, the animal that like kind of like looks up at the sun with their eyes closed and just like worships the sun? It's a meerkat, I believe. I love those pictures of the meerkats worshiping the sun. I love meerkats. But those are... Crikey! Those animals are fucking oi! <laughs> Thanks, Steph. And now, for a smoke break. Welcome back from your toke break. We're so happy to have you here because we're about to talk about Stoner Movie Book Club. And this week we're talking about Fun Mom Dinner. We kept saying cool mom dinner over and over. We've been again. calling it the wrong, and Kayla one time called it fun night. No, what was it? Fun home fun dinner. Home yeah, dinner. fun home dinner. But the movie is actually <laughs> called Fun Mom Dinner. It is a Netflix original that came out in 2017, directed by Alethea Jones, who, from what I can find, this is her first feature film. She's just done some shorts, and she is, in fact, Australian. Oh, fun tie in. Crikey, uh, I made a movie! <laughs> Fun Mom Dinner is actually written by Paul Rudd's wife, Julie Rudd, not to identify her in conjunction with her husband, but I had never heard of her, and he also helped produce it and is in it, so I thought that was interesting. Uh, and it follows four mothers who all have children at the same school, two of whom are good friends, one of whom doesn't like hanging out with moms, but then they all go out and they have a fun mom dinner. <laughs> Basically the movie. <laughs> yeah, they go out to eat as sort of like just to try and bond as moms with kids in the same class. And one of the moms happens to be a big old stoner. We got ourselves a can of mom, ladies and gentlemen, in, yeah. a, in an awesome comedy movie. The recommendation for watching this movie was from our listener, Kate. Thank you, Kate, for the recommendation. This was a great Stoner Movie Book Club recommendation. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing is uh, not only did, was there one kind of can of mom character, but she, the other moms also, for the fun mom dinner, started partaking as well. And that's where kind of the shenanigans was happening. But we haven't mentioned... Molly Shannon is in this movie. She is. Who, who is... <laughs> uh, she is someone who deeply shaped my adolescence. 
Um, Mm -hmm. So I love seeing her in anything that she does. Yeah, and she plays kind of the more inexperienced with weed mom, a little more paranoid. And I really appreciated all of those moments with her. She did a great job. Yeah, yeah she also does a, treasure. she flips a guy over a table. Oh, yeah, she on accident rust over a table, doesn't she? Yeah, truly, the cast in this movie is one of the best parts. It had so many actors and actresses. Oh, Adam Scott? It had so many actors in it that I love so, so much. Adam Scott is in it, who I have such a crush on. As we said, Tony Collette's in it. Molly Shannon's in it. Rob Hubel's in it. He plays the other husband, and I think he is very hilarious. He's from UCB. Um, Bridget Everett, Katie Azelton. Oh, I love Bridget Everett so fucking much. It was great seeing her in a movie. I have never seen her before, and I thought she was fabulous honestly she was mvp for me yeah me too in in this film she does stand up and kind of this like it's performance art as well it's very it's like cringy horny is how i would maybe describe her stand up (laughs) that's fun i hope i've seen enough of it to be able to make that claim but uh yeah, they're out to dinner. They're having kind of a tense time. Like, they're not having fun. They're arguing. And the second they all get high together in the bathroom, Tony Collette convinces everyone to get high. The entire movie pivots and changes and becomes so fun. Yeah, it's really great. And they're all stoned and they get more weed. I would like to put forward the opinion that this might fit the best of any film that we've watched so far in terms of being purely like a female-led stoner comedy yeah they're smoking throughout it's really funny they go they end they're in a dispensary at one point so legal weed also plays plays a part yeah it's a very normalized of weed there isn't any point in where they're judged or it's an issue that they smoke and even though three of the four of them aren't stoners in the movie, Tony Collette's character is shown as a good mom and she smokes weed in her daily life. Which I love. My favorite thing about this movie was that when they got high or when they got smoked weed, they weren't portrayed as dumb. The comedy didn't come from them being dumb. Like in so many stoner comedies of, of your they got fun like when they smoked weed they got really fun they were able to let loose and laugh and appreciate each other and it wasn't like Cheech and Chong is the perfect example of just portraying stoners as dumb as possible yeah I absolutely agree that was the thing I liked most about this movie is how them smoking weed in the bathroom and just out and about was just like and going to the marijuana dispensary like it was just so normalized and didn't like the you dispensary. said dispensary <laughs> <laughs> dispensary um and it didn't that didn't make him look dumb or anything like that i however when it started kind of going in that weird I'm not going to do any spoilers, but I just kind of lost interest in the second half of the movie once the weed smoking was kind of out of the way and they were going on the whatever fun mom dinner adventure they were going on. I 
I really lost it at the last half, to be fair. I, I would agree. A- For me, it was a movie I was really enjoying, and I was really happy to see a movie about mom smoking weed and it being, you know, there wasn't any bad connotations to all that. I think... For me, I'm going to almost pull a Steph. By the end, I just was feeling very much like I didn't relate to any of the characters. And I don't definitely do not watch movies to relate to characters all the time. But I felt so ex- it, as much as I was enjoying watching it about friendship, watching it. I mean, we're all watching it at the same time. We're all friends. And I was really into all that. I think just by the end, uh, I just became weirdly. It just got me in my head about thinking. This isn't really something I've ever talked about on the podcast, but I am in a polyamorous relationship, and I just ended up in a lifestyle where I, because I'm 40, I'm the age of the women in it, and I didn't have kids. Um, and so for me, I think by the end, I just didn't really feel like I had much to relate to them in their journey. I don't see people that have have the life path that I had much in movies, and so it's not. I'm not taking that from the movie. It doesn't need to be for me, but I just felt a little alienated from it just personally by the end because I just didn't really relate to their lifestyle at all. Fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, It was definitely had very much of a PTA moms winning over Tony Collette vibe, and that's not an experience that I've had, certainly. Um, And I do agree that towards the second half especially once they got on the boat I was just like I don't know what this is so that was I would it was kind of like they just needed another set piece or something I also felt like um and this happens to me when we watch movies where there's like four protagonists it's hard for them to get enough into their characters for me to feel attached to them where I feel like they actually had any sort of arc instead of just like quickly trying to tie up each plot line at the end. Um, So that was a little bit of a problem for me, but it was fun. Like, and I did relate to some of their antics, like going on a spree in Walgreens when you're really baked. Like, that's so fun. But we didn't see any of that. That was my only I know. thing. We saw them walk out of Walgreens and they were like throwing food around and wearing different clothes. But like before that, we'd seen them smoke weed. But I kind of wanted to see the shenanigans. The Walgreens. And we yeah, saw them and I... sing karaoke. That was kind of their – they flipped someone over their shoulder and sang karaoke. I think <laughs> that they could have removed the entire part down by the docks and blah, 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 blah and just gone more moment to moment with them on their journey – because also something about weed smoking with friends and bonding with people is having those moments of conversation and connection. And I wish there had been more, more of those moments so I felt like it was believable by the end that they were such close friends, if that makes sense. Yeah, I felt more of a bond, honestly, conversationally between the two. So the other plot is two of the husbands get locked out of a house together when they are, quote unquote, babysitting their children, which is something that gets discussed in the movie is fathers considering it babysitting when they watch their own kids. Uh, And they have a long conversation throughout the movie bonding as dads. And there was times where I felt those were some of the more engaging moments of dialogue between characters were between the two dads, which is fine. But also (laughs) it's, it's a movie about ladies where I felt like I was a bit more into their arc and them realizing things about themselves almost was a little more interesting to me at times than the mm-hmm. second half for the women 
once the women were getting agree. along, it was great. I was glad they're getting along, but I think I needed either it to go farther with the hijinks they got into, or I wanted to see more inner turmoil stuff happening between them or conversations that were growing. Instead, it kind of became about if the lead or not the lead, if the one woman was going to hook up with a different guy that's not her husband. Yeah. Who... Oh, wait. Sorry. Adam Levine is in this one. <laughs> Adam Everybody. Levine, everyone. Hate, hate to spoil it for you, but the craziest thing about this movie is that Adam Levine is in it. He's kind of good. Yeah. And, he, and they sing karaoke, and he owns the bar, and that man does not sing one sing. single time. He also didn't take his shirt off, movie. though, which I was kind of thinking if you have. Am I objectifying him? Yes, show more skin. <laughs> show yeah. more skin. Show your show abs. Show tats. your abs. But yeah, it was a fun movie. Should we do our ratings? Yeah. Phoebe here. My rating is going to be two bong hits out of five. That wow. That said, I loved it as a stoner chick movie and highly suggest it to anyone looking for a fun female stoner movie. Damn, two out of five is low. I think I'm going to go for three out of five bong rips. Um, it super duper qualifies as a, as a female-led stoner movie, but it was kind of a mess plot-wise. I'm going to give it a 3.5 <coughs> out of five bong rips. Wow. And, but on the scale of being a stoner chick flick, five out of five bong rips. Okay, there you go. Wow. I am going to, because I loved the first half. I absolutely loved the first half. Um, and the second half really kind of disappointed me. So I, I think I'm going to put it at a solid three bong rips coming from Stephanie. Well, there you have it. That's been our discussion on fun mom dinner, cool mom dinner, fun home dinner. <laughs> Playing cool on Netflix home. now. Mom Rush. fun dinner. And then yeah, time good. to close up the bag, <laughs> shut the drawer. That's been another edition of Stoner Movie Book Club. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our podcast. As always, we appreciate it oh so much. And if you appreciate us even half as much as we appreciate you... <laughs> You should go ahead and do the thing that apparently in podcast world matters a lot, which is where you can rate us on Apple Podcasts. You can write a review. You can rate us the way we rate movies. Doesn't that sound fun? Also, you should check out our website because we have one. Kayla, Stoner Chick Kayla, made it herself. And uh, it has all the links to all of the cool things we do, including our newsletter that comes out, I believe, monthly and has fun things like word searches. And that is, I bet you can guess it, stonerchickspodcast.com. Email newsletter. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it. And please join us on Patreon, patreon.com slash stonerchicks. We have the first level. We have the silver bong level. And we have the ever so generous platinum blonde level. You're going to get bonus content. You can get merch. All kinds of fun things on there. 
It's so many fun things. Too. You also can write me, Phoebe, a letter or any of us because we have a P.O. box and I check it all the time and it's usually empty. So come on, send me some mail. <laughs> it's P.O. Box 80586, Seattle, Washington, 98108. I'll Blog. only cry a little if you don't. <laughs> Newsletter.com. <laughs> Newsletter.com. And that's everything I have to say. I'm ready to end today's edition of the podcast so I can go smoke some more weed. But first, oh my gosh, Grace, what do we always say? We always say a razor-toothed dolphin is a good smoking buddy indeed. Thank you for listening to the Stoner Chicks podcast. We want to thank our editor, Shari Junko, the composer of our theme music, Jessica Damari, and Ben Redder and AJ Dent for creating our rad cover art. Email us your high thoughts at stonerchickspodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at stonerchickspodcast.